Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we speak to the movers and shakers within the Olympic movement. My name is Ashish Sharma. We have a very special edition for you as we report on the preparations for the Paris 2024 Summer Olympics and Paralympics. Sport intern visited the French capital recently for a chat with Tony Estengay, a three times Olympic champion in canoeing. Tony is also the president of Paris 2024, the local organizing committee for the Olympics. I began my conversation by asking him about that special connection that the French capital has with the Olympics. I guess France and, and Paris uh, have a strong history with the Olympic movement. Huh? We, we know Pierre de Coubertin, we know that Paris hosted the Games also in 1900-1924. It was the time to, uh, to, to, to host the Games and, and we decided to really change the model and having a model by uh, putting the sport out of the stadiums into the city and transform the city center uh, on the Champs-Élysées, Le Grand Palais, uh, the Eiffel Tower, the Château de Versailles into a, a sport uh, arena uh, to really be uh, at the center of the city. Well, let's talk about legacy because the buzzword for the International Olympic Committee really is all about the legacy that host cities uh, will have with the Olympics. For us, the legacy and, and the success more generally of the Games uh, is relying on, on uh, the inspiring moment and uh, the, the positive emotions we will feel. Uh, it's a fantastic way to gather people into a unique moment of emotion and, and that's last and that leave a, a strong legacy. And, and, and then speaking about the model of legacy, we decided also to have a, um, um, a legacy in the way we will deliver the game. So we, we put uh, uh, a lot of ambitions in terms of sustainability and using 95% of existing venues, for instance, and not build many venues just for the sake of uh, a sporting event uh, of two weeks of time. So that was a, a new approach in terms of legacy and for us the legacy will be more about intangible legacy, how the values of sport, how the practice of sport will be developed into schools, into the cities. We have uh, this program Terre de Jeu 2024 with 3,000 cities around the country engage in different programs of education in, in terms of health, also to, to make sure that people will do more sport. That's the main legacy we want to leave at the end of Paris 2024. Uh, can you go through the 5% that you've needed to build and, and where that is and how will that fit in post those two weeks, post Olympics? Yeah, we decided collectively that uh, beyond the, this new approach of having, uh, again, a more sustainable model and building less venues, we decided also that there is uh, an exception, and uh, an exception in one territory in France. This is La Sainte-Saint-Denis. This is a department, the youngest, the most diverse uh, territory in France. It's also one of the poorest of France. And, 
and it was needed to have houses and some uh, sporting equipment uh, in this territory. So that's why we decided that those 5% will be mainly in terms of building 4,000 houses for the population that we will rent uh, for the sake of the athletes during the, the period of the games. It will leave a legacy for the, the, the people after the games and this is very important. And beyond these, those houses, uh, we have one sporting event, uh, the Aquatic Center, uh, which is also very important in this territory to have uh, more swimming pools. Um, so there is a, a kind of a balance to be found no, we would not like it was been in, 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 in the past uh, built many infrastructures uh, for the sake of the games. But yes, we want to focus on one specific territory in La Saint-Saint-Denis to have a, a tangible legacy for those people. And what about the costing for this? Let's look at what, what the figures are. Um, I think it's important to re-explain a little bit the, the economic model of the games. And the public money will be spent only in uh, infrastructures that will be uh, living after the games for the people. And that's why the, the public money invested by the public authorities will be only invested in uh, one company named uh, Solideo, uh, in charge of uh, delivering the infrastructures of the houses and the aquatic center mainly. Um, and all the budget of the organizing committee, uh, around 4 billion uh, euro, uh, is financed privately. And, uh, and this is really important because we are in charge of organizing the uh, 879 competitions during the games in uh, 54 sports. We are in charge of accommodating uh, the athletes, the journalists, uh, and, and, and so on. Uh, the transport system is also in our budget. So all those parts of elements will be financed by private money and they are coming from uh, mainly three different uh, sources. The first one is the ticketing program. The second one is the TV rights and the IOC who will also contribute. And the last is the sponsorship, the marketing program. The only way where we will have public money is into the infrastructures for the people. COVID-19 was a massive blow for the world economies. How much of a hindrance of a setback has COVID been towards reaching these targets? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's right to say that uh, the context globally is quite uh, difficult and uh, uh, the economic crisis uh, after the COVID situation and now the war in, in Europe is, is very difficult. But on the other side, uh, there's still uh, a lot of expectation uh, in this country to uh, welcome the world, to have those uh, unique moments of uh, gathering people. Uh, uh, we, we saw very well what happened in London in 2012 and it was a, a, a major success. So uh, maybe more than before the COVID situation, it's needed uh, for a country like France uh, to have this kind of uh, uh, collective moment of positive emotions uh, and the values uh, spread around the, the, the Olympics are, are very important in terms of universality, in terms of uh, um, yeah, sh sharing and gathering people. I think that's, that's key uh, more than ever. So that's why there is still uh, um, a good commitment coming from uh, private sector and also a good engagement coming from the public authorities because they know very well also that there is an expectation coming from the people in the streets. 
And, and with any big event, any big investment, there is always going to be groups of people that look at it in a negative way. This area where we are, St. Denis, could have been regenerated in, in other ways. Has it been difficult to um, take that argument to people who are not convinced that having the Olympics is a good idea? Yeah, I think our strategy was definitely to be very uh, transparent and to consult with the population. We, you know that uh, every six months we have those polls where we consult uh, the public support and we were, since day one, over 80% of public support because Again, uh, I think we are very transparent that the public money will be only used for investment that will benefit to the people after the Games. And it's about houses, it's about the public transport uh, system, it's about uh, uh, sport equipment for the daily uh, uh, need and not for the, the, the needs of uh, a competition. So that was a, a very uh, clear strategy that the public money will be not... Uh, in our organizing committee, but in a separate entity in charge of delivering the infrastructures. And on the other side, uh, of course, uh, we need to continue to engage with this population. That's why we developed this program of 30 minutes of daily uh, sport uh, in schools, uh, because we want this generation 2024 to be uh, uh, beneficiary of uh, of, uh, of the games and uh, and so far uh, we have uh, 700,000 uh, people who have benefited from uh, the programs of Paris 2024 in, in doing more sport so it's it's already a legacy that we we started to 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 have and and that's to me uh, a good way also to say that the, the way Paris 2024 will deliver the games is different from the past. Uh, we have a, a very high level of ambition in terms of sustainability. We have a very high level in terms of uh, legacy to have more people doing sport. And we already engage with uh, the different uh, stakeholders. And I noticed with interest, you mentioned it there yourself that one of the strands where you can recoup uh, your costing will be in ticket sales but interestingly you're actually keeping this the, the cost of tickets cheap in fact they're going to be cheaper than what the prices were for London 2012. The vision of Paris 2024 is to open the games to everyone so we really want and politically also making sure that everyone could have access to the games so that's why we have a 50 percent of the tickets under 50 euro uh, for the, the Olympic Games and under 25 euro uh, for the Paralympic Games. And that's very important in this moment with the, the, the crisis, economy, economic crisis, to have the, the, the possibility for people to, to purchase tickets. And, um, and it's part of our strategy in terms of financing. And uh, of course, uh, there are many opportunities for France and for the economic sector to benefit from the, the tourism and the millions of people who will come for the games. And, and that's why we have developed, for instance, with one of our partners, Accor, uh, a new platform uh, for accommodation. Um, and that's also important to to promote this expertise uh, coming from the private sector who are part of the delivering of the games, they are developing different kind of uh, solutions to benefit to the games, but much more for the, the future. And having uh, this kind of platform will benefit to any uh, sporting event organized in the future. So there is now uh, uh, 
this intention of Paris 2024 to allow those companies to showcase the best of their innovation, the best of their uh, expertise. And, uh, and to, at the end of the day, we, what we want is to make sure that the legacy that uh, people will say, wow, it was well organized and we will come back because uh, this city is, is, is magic. When London was organized, we had Sebastian Coe, who was sort of in your role, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, one of the things, of course, that he brought was being a former athlete. Uh, it's the same thing here. You're, you're a three-time Olympic champion. Uh, you've traveled the world. You've been in different Olympics. What did you feel that you could have brought and have brought to the, the, the vision, to the concept uh, for Paris, based, I suppose, on your own experiences as an athlete? Of course, uh, for me, it's so powerful to be in, uh, engaged in this program and in this project because, uh, you know, sport has changed my life. The Olympics has uh, changed my life. And, and definitely, I strongly believe that my country, France, um, has everything to succeed in this project. So my intention is uh, effectively to build on uh, what I learned from the, my past career and I know that uh, to be successful, you need to, you have to be very ambitious. Uh, you want to win to win. And uh, I want the best for this project because I'm sure that France uh, has everything uh, to succeed for, for the games. I learned also in the past that uh, if you want to, to win, you, you, you have to remain flexible. And uh, with this kind of uh, very complex project, of course, on a daily basis, there are problems coming and you need to, to be flexible and to adapt uh, the project till the end. And uh, that's what we, we are doing at the moment. So, yeah, it's right to say that uh, my experience as an athlete uh, is very important for me now to, to lead with, with this project. Uh, but again, uh, it's, it's a fantastic and a unique uh, experience for me. There's a final question. If we were to look back in 10 years, 15 years, as we judge Olympics, uh, you know, Barcelona, Athens, London, what would be the one thing that you would like people to say about Paris that you can say, that's what I saw as a vision and that's what I've managed to successfully achieve? I have two words in mind uh, to answer your question. I think it's the passion and the purpose. So on one side, we really want the people to to feel unique moments of passion. I think France, Paris uh, have a lot to offer to the games and to the world, having those unique moments of celebration uh, with this artistic approach, cultural approach. We we want a uh, yeah, French uh, signature of, uh, of the games and uh, everything is in place to, to offer this kind of passion moment. On the other side, we also very committed in delivering uh, a way of games with purpose in terms of legacy, in terms of ambition, in terms of uh, parity. It will be the first game ever uh, that uh, there will be the same number of athletes, male and female. There will be the first games ever where people will be participating and running the marathon, for instance. So it makes sense at the time when we, we have to deliver the games to change a little bit the model. And I think Paris 2024, our intention is to, to find the best balance with this passion moment, but also a new way, maybe with more sense.
that was Tony Estenge, the president of the Paris 2024 Local Organising Committee, speaking to us. We'll be back with another edition of the Sport Intern Special Podcast very soon. Until then, stay safe. Stay safe.